The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate available only on the next generation GMC Sierra, to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing, go professional grade. During GMC's Truck Month, qualified buyers can get 0% APR financing on most 2019 GMC Sierra and Canyon models. Truck Month, like a pro, GMC. Excludes Sierra 1500 AT4 and Denali models and Canyon SL models. Length of contract limited. Some customers will not qualify. Not available with some other offers. Take retail delivery by 531.19. See dealer for details. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. Here's an episode of the Tour Coach that I recorded with Larry Bobka. Larry is a legend in the equipment side of the business. Every time he comes out to a tour event, walks on the tee, it's like old home week. It's fun to watch all the people that come up, hug him and talk about him. I mean, he's a legend. He was out there for years. He tells stories about the days when on tour as a tour rep, a manufacturer's rep, when there was only one or two vans out there, trucks out there, as opposed to the convoy of trucks that are out there now on the PGA Tour each week. And so it's great to listen to his stories. And now he's a teaching professional, golf a club professional, and he does a lot with the first tee up in Wisconsin and teaches lots of young folks. Our connection is he's been working for the last year, year and a half with Lucas Glover on this putting, and he's done a phenomenal job. And you'll hear in this edition of the Tour Coach, you know, that we talk about the need to make a player a complete player and that there's a lot of different ways to win and compete in a golf tournament other than just being able to ball strike it. And so that's something I think that we both focus on. We're proud of the fact that he's third currently on tour and scrambling. And it shows, you know, it just shows how you address players' areas that they're not as strong to help them improve so that uh, days and the weeks that they don't hit it as good or they don't putt it as good or whatever it is for a player that they have a way to make cuts, compete, and continue to improve. And so working with Larry has been amazing for me to pick his brain. I'm an old school, old soul, I think, a little bit when it comes to teaching golf, even though I do embrace the technology. But being able to pick his brain on the equipment side a great deal. He's watched not only Lucas, but Luke Guthrie and some of my players on the range and watched them and being able to give me advice on drivers and shafts and why things work and why things don't. And just been a wealth of information and a resource for me, but also just from the perspective of any time you can deal with and talk to somebody that's been out on tour for so many years and seen so many great players come and go, there's got to be information there and there's got to be nuggets of 
truths that you can take that can help you with some other player. And it may not be the one we're working on together. And so I love the opportunity to work with him as part of the team. We text all the time. I snapped a video this week at the Open Championship of Lucas's putting, texted to him, does this look the way you want it? I think as long as everybody works together, having a team is the most formidable way you know, to achieve success. And so he's helped me not only in the job he's done with Lucas, but with my other players as I bounce things off of him. And I think you'll see as we as you listen to this, I mean, he's got great stories. He's got great insight. And anybody that wants to a look at inside of what it's like becoming a great player and with life on the PGA Tour will listen to this sit down with Larry Bobka. The Tour Coach here, we've got the best sponsors in the entire world. And one of them, the folks at Vineyard Vines, take the best care of me that anybody in the world could. Always going above and beyond to make sure I've got the best apparel out there, as well as the best product and the best looking gear for me and all of my junior golfers and all the dew sweepers out there. And so now we want to share the love with those of you that like the Tour Coach podcast. So each and every week, we're going to start a contest and we're going to draw a winner for a couple of $100 gift cards where you can go online and get you some great-looking Vineyard Vines golf. All you have to do is listen to the Tour Coach podcast and then go on Twitter and tweet me at Golf and at Vineyard Vines, hashtag Tour Coach, and put one of whatever is your favorite part of the Tour Coach podcast. You can do the same thing on Instagram. Go on Instagram, take a picture of the Tour Coach podcast, put what your favorite part of it is, and then just tag me, at the Dew Sweeper and at Vineyard Vines, hashtag Tour Coach, and we'll do a drawing each week, and you can be the lucky winner of some Vineyard Vines gear. Perfect. All right, sitting here, 3M Championship, first one on the road, sitting down here. To, I don't know what tee box. Is this number one? one? This is number one, number sitting one. up here in the grandstands. I think one of the cool things about that I've gotten to do is through working with these guys is you get to meet guys that you really enjoy working with that you probably wouldn't have worked with otherwise, you know? And so I'm sitting down with Larry Bobka. Larry, I mean, one, you're a legend I've found out in the, in the golf equipment and fitting side. I mean, the stories that you tell about <laughs> Nick Price, Butch Harmon, all those guys. And, and when you walk on a, the practice tee at a tour event, I mean, it's like old home week when you come out here. But uh, so for me, I, I just like I just told you, like it's I've tried to pick your brain from the fitting side to the putting side to the teaching side because you've been around so much. And it's been a real treat for me. Perfect. You know, it's it's fun. I, I was actually, uh, you know, out here working with Lucas this week, and I was kind of thinking back, and this is 35 years at PGA Tour events. So I've seen everything from persimmon and ballata to uh, titanium and uh, golf balls that don't curve anymore. Which is interesting. And, and so we'll talk on this edition a little bit about, you know, so you, you started helping Lucas with his putting a little over a year ago about a year and a half about ago. a year and a half ago right, right. okay and and he's had uh had it's it's really been fun to watch because he started there in your studio in jupiter and you've since moved back up to these neck of the woods up in wisconsin but you know working with him on his full swing and then monitoring a little bit about what y'all do on the road one the thing i like one is it's super simple absolutely and two, I mean, 
I mean, I hate to make us feel old, but it's a little bit old school. I mean, you know, I mean, we're both kind of old school teachers, which is probably why we enjoy hanging out and wonder what the hell everybody else is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, you know, about a year and a half ago, we just we really just had to kind of take Lucas and and kind of find out, get him back to get to being Lucas. Um, You know, it's kind of a simple way to to talk about it but i've known him since his college days and i felt like he was just when it come to the putter he was just getting a little bit too technical so we found uh we found the position that he putts best with we found the loft and something that he can just week to week here out here on the pga tour make sure that he can roll the ball as as well as anybody and Sometimes you can you can have all the equipment, you can have all the numbers, but ultimately this game is about feel. And if the player doesn't feel comfortable standing over a six-foot putt to make a cut to win a golf tournament, you're not helping them. That's just my opinion. And, you know, you, you said something that I, I remember when I took on the job about three years ago was getting Lucas back to being Lucas. And that was kind of my, my thought, and, and it's been with other players. Heck, you watched – you watched uh, at Bears Club one day with another one, Luke Guthrie, a guy we're trying to get back to yep. being Luke Guthrie, right? And and I think in this age of information, and look, we love it. I mean, you, you know, you have the Quintex system that you use yep. in your putting. There's so much info out there, and I love it when somebody comes to the dome or whatever. But, like, in the end, I mean, it's got to be getting them to do what, what they do. And, and yep. I think that a lot of – don't you think that there's some guys that get lost – because they start trying to do what they see other players do or somebody tells them that you have to do if you're a good putter or a good ball striker? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of interesting you said I've moved up into the Green Bay area teaching at a club called Highland Ridge Golf Club, and I'm also the head instructor for the first tee in that area, which is absolutely amazing. Get to see a whole bunch of kids and and try to impact them a little bit. But one of the things I was I was sitting in a restaurant and they had this wonderful picture of Jack Nicholas and Jack Grout, his longtime instructor, you know, and it's basically the line underneath it was kind of like, hey, I'm there to teach him when he's off tour. So when he goes out on tour, he can make all the adjustments himself. You know, I think in the days of information now, in the days of 3D and and all the other things, I think sometimes the players just get a little too technical. I think you got to remember the days that, hey, some days you wake up and you're hitting a little draw and you're going to play that if that's your shot. And then all of a sudden you don't feel quite as good the next day and the ball's going straight or fade. You got to learn to play that. I mean, that's kind of old school golf. But we're just not the same every day. Even as even as much as these tour players practice, you you got to go with what's working that day. And and I think that's one of the things I love that you've done with Lucas is just make it so simple for him to just set up and hit the ball. And um, I've tried to do the same thing with putting. Just simplify the thoughts. You know, uh, the thought for this week for him is is basically trying to keep his left shoulder as low as possible through his putts, because if he keeps his left shoulder low, he keeps his head so much, so much stiller, so much quieter, and the ball rolls better. The face stays square through impact. So that's what we're working on this week. You know, we were talking out there on the putting green about like you know you were want, give, wanting to give them a feel for the week right and i think that's kind of what what we do 
you know, and and uh, and what you do, and that's what I've enjoyed watching. Is it's like trying to help a guy have a feel, you know. And you and I could stand back and talk about all the technical things that's what's going on with that feel, right? But I I've always thought that like guys when they're playing really good have some a feel that they're trying to do every swing or every putt, you know. And it's just to me the t- technologies with the way it's changed and the balls you alluded to them not curving and stuff like for a guy like Lucas is challenging at times cuz he wants it to hook absolutely and the and the stuff is built now not to hook yep and so you know i think that's also plays into how you coach them and, and how you handle things like we had a recently with the driver and i picked your brain on he struggled driving because the driver wasn't curving as much and sometimes that leads you down into aiming problems and different things and uh so you've got to you you always got to be careful to me when you're teaching a tour player to like look at things that could cause you to get off track like sometimes like you you have to have a knowledge of fitting a little bit you have to have somebody like and that's why i asked you to watch him hit some drivers down at the bears club and then up here because you know so much about the fitting and like heck he was getting out of sorts because like down in florida the shaft wasn't stiff enough right and then here his aim gets off because it's not going to curve as much and he's absolutely he's, he's aiming for it well and you know and in the thing that the thing that I've always learned through the years of watching tour players, whether it's been the teaching side or the fitting side, getting them prepared for an event, you know, like yesterday when we walked the practice round, is you watch his face. It's not so much right. what he says; it's 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 what he expects. Did he did he make that swing and did he expect that result? If he's got that, then he knows. That's confidence for a player. The worst thing for a player is, which I think we struggled a little bit with the drivers, you know, over maybe the last six weeks or so, is is he would hit a shot and the ball flight wouldn't be what he expected. And, you know, I think we've got him back down where he's in a position where when he makes a swing, when he makes a good swing, it flies perfectly. When he makes his bad swing, it gets the result that he expected from that shot. And it's kind of the same thing with putting. You know, I want him to make sure that he stays down and through his putts and stays as quiet as he possibly can and just roll the ball. I mean, it's so hard because you know, you stand in the middle, you stand on a tee box and you drive it in a fairway that's 30 yards wide. And if you're in that fairway by six inches, you're still happy because you hit a fairway. The only problem is when it comes to putting is we've got that, we've got <laughs> that small hole there. And unfortunately it becomes so about results rather than, rather than stroke. So when you make a stroke, you really have to just make that stroke and accept the results. You know, the best putters in the world I had a great conversation with Brad Faxon and a great conversation with Scott Simpson at, at the Champions event a couple of weeks ago and talking about the great putters never expected the results. All they tried to do was make the best stroke they can and let the results happen, which, you know, for probably 99% of the golfing world is a very difficult task to do and and i think it gets more difficult one when you're struggling on tour absolutely or two you know when you're i think sometimes one of the hardest things is when you get a guy playing really good and their expectations go up yes right and so you know then a bad week to them seems way worse than a week that, that wasn't you know wouldn't have been as bad before and so like and that's why i think it's so important like with the putting and with the full swing 
to have a plan and a program that you're committed to and you stick to and you don't change just based on the results that week in and week out. And that's what I thought you've done such a nice job with Lucas on his putting. He's been so committed to it, you know, over the past year, year and a half. And you may change feels, but the process of what you're trying to do with that is, is no, hasn't, it hasn't changed. No, at all. you've got to be, you know, just like you are with his long game. You got to be very consistent because if you're not consistent with them, then they start second guessing you. They start second guessing themselves. Are are we on the right path? You know, we talked about. We walked the practice round yesterday. This is a brand new golf course mm-hmm. for the PGA Tour. It's been redone. He doesn't know this golf course. He doesn't know the greens. I mean, I think he putted beautifully yesterday. In some ways, I think that's a good thing, to not have previous experiences and things where you expect. Like, I used to be able, or you know, when I was playing good, I shot this or whatever. Nobody really knows what they're going to shoot out here. No, nobody knows what they're going to shoot, but you're going to have to expect a couple times where you, you read a putt and it breaks slightly differently or it just comes up to the hole and moves moves left or right where you didn't see it. Hey, you, you got to expect that. It's going it's, it's golf. It's going to happen. And, and uh, you know, one of the great things was he hit a, he hit a beautiful putt on 17 yesterday, and, and it just rolled over the edge, and it kind of lipped out. And he just turned and looked at me, and he said, I'm just going to roll it like that all week. He goes, I'll make my share. Exactly. Absolutely fantastic attitude for him. And, and um, you know, it's a sign of player who's who's having a, a pretty darn good year uh is trending good he's in the british open now and i think we're we're all excited for the next six weeks to see what he can do i think that there's times when a player i don't think it's ever good to miss a cut but i think there's times that it's okay to miss a cut take a week off and reset the table for like a six-week stretch you know um you know, I know, like, you know, at the U.S. Open, missed the cut. One of our better range sessions, a great range session, was was after that on Saturday. And it was just like, hey, I mean, your aim's gotten out of whack. Let's, right. you know, it went back to, like, our first lesson, which was, like, he, he didn't aim very good. Right. And Coop, his caddy, will say, like, hey, one of his weaknesses is that he doesn't he doesn't aim very good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and so we refocused on being committed to getting right. aimed and set up correctly and then just getting the face good and square on the takeaway. And, you know, I mean, I think that he's going to set himself up for a nice stretch. And then more importantly, as important, it's like what you talked about is he has a driver in his hands now that he knows is going to draw every time. And so now he's more committed to aiming it because he knows it's going to look, come out, look like, and turn the way he wants it to when he hits it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's the important key for him. And you know, as as we all know, if your putting's off or your driving's off, it, it creeps into the rest mm-hmm. of your game. And you start, why is that though? You think well, it, I, it happens, but it happens a lot with other players. I mean, with even like club players too. Yeah, I think you know. Great friend of mine is Jay Siegel. You know, great yeah. amateur career, won a lot of won a lot of events on the Champions Tour after he tore in pro, but never was a, a a really really good putter. Was a good putter, but not a great putter. And he always put a lot of pressure on his iron play 
because he always felt like he had to hit it three feet away from the hole to make putts. You know, he wasn't comfortable being 20 or 25 feet away because he felt like he didn't putt well enough. And then it put pressure on his driving. And then, you know, you go through those weeks where you're not hitting it really good because you're feeling like you're, you're, you're putting way too much pressure on hitting fairways, hitting greens. You know, you look at guys, Tiger in his, in his heyday, I mean, he, he could have got it up and down from a garbage can. You know, Seve might have been the best guy ever. at driving ever at driving it sideways and getting it up and down and putting pressure on himself on his ball striking because he knew he had such an incredible short game. And I think that's where if we can we together can keep Lucas good with his play from fifty yards in the air and then his putting, it, it takes so much pressure off it. Um, I teach a lot of juniors in Wisconsin now, and I've got some pl- kids that are good high school players, and they, they play some events, and they come back and they say, hey, I shot I shot four over. Why'd you shoot four over? Let's dissect the round. Well, hit it good here, hit it good there, drove it good, iron's okay, uh, hit it in a bunker, didn't get it up and down, you know, got close to two par fives, didn't make a birdie, you know, and it really, unfortunately, it just it comes down to scoring. Scoring is short game, um, and and I think if if most people out there would spend as much time on their short game as they do on their long game, it would be great. I mean, my juniors love to you know they'll they'll put they'll putt for five minutes they'll they'll you know they'll hit wedge shots for ten minutes and then they'll hit drivers and long clubs for two hours. Yeah, you know the only problem is off the tee. You only that's only fourteen percent of the game. Short game is over, you know, 100 yards in is over 60% of the game. I always tell juniors, Larry, that when, that like, if we can find a way for them to put their first tee ball in play, yep. and they can get, and they're pretty good inside 100 yards. They can't screw their irons up so bad they'll shoot a bad score. Absolutely. I mean, percentage-wise. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and one of the other things that's been, you know, that my goal has been kind of coaching with him and working with you is, is like, we spend a lot of time chipping and pitching the ball around the greens, and you're working with the putting, and he's leading the PGA Tour in scrambling right now. Yes, which is I mean, which is really good for you, us, right? <laughs> and, you, and if you would have asked, if you would have told somebody that a few years ago, they probably wouldn't have believed it, right? No. But like one of my points and, and mission has been like, there's a lot of ways to win or contend in golf tournaments, and it doesn't have to be relying on ball striking it to death every week because every week it's not going to happen and so if you you know I, I like the fact to me i'm proud of that as much as anything because that's like you shouldn't have to hit it perfect to finish in the top 10 or contend or or try to win no and absolutely and one of the things that that a really really good short game does for you between chipping putting sand play is the days or the weeks that you're not hitting it great you know it takes those rounds that maybe would be you know, two or three over par and turns them into two or three under par Correct. just because just because it keeps you in the game. I mean, you can save so many shots 
with your short game and your putting, you know, you look at some of the, you know, you look at Tom Watson in his prime. I mean, arguably, arguably, you know, one of the best top 10 short games ever in golf. You know, he hit it good, but he didn't hit it great. When he hit it, when he hit it good, he won lots of tournaments. Exactly. But he also contended, you know, I think having had a couple conversations with Mr. Nicholas, I mean, he always felt, he always felt he wasn't, Chipping wise, probably not one of the the best you would ever think about. But putting wise, I mean, you're talking about a guy that probably made more pressure par putts than anybody in the history of golf. That's how you that's how you win all those majors. You finish second in all those majors. You know, you ball strike it pretty good, but you you know you make the putts you have to make. Well, and especially as you get into majors, like obviously we're headed to the British in a few weeks. Like you're going to play more difficult golf courses with difficult conditions, and like you look at Beth Page this year, you know was pretty hard for most everybody other than Brooks, right? Right. <laughs> but like you had a, you, you know, Sunday got really dicey out there with the wind right. and, you know, shooting around par, you, no matter how good you hit it, you had to be able to chip it and put it. And, you know, that's, that's a big part of, to me, what we've done and what we're doing is you're trying to improve every aspect of the game and, and improve weaknesses and, you know, and, and make a player. And in this case, the, we're working together on Lucas, making him a better player all the way around. And I mean, you've done it by it's, it's a million percent better with the putting. It's, and it's amazing to me, the confidence he has in it now and, and not changing strategies or thoughts with it every week or month, but being committed to it and sticking with it and having a true understanding of what he's trying to do with the putter. Right. I mean, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in a while. We text all the time. I make sure that he's doing okay. But you come out here. I mean, I can't come out after not seeing him for a while and all of a sudden go, hey, you know, all that stuff we worked on for a year and a half, we're going to change. We're going to do something different. But there's people that do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't do that to a player because you want to keep the confidence level up you want to give it a nice simple key to roll the ball better you know arguably it's one of the things i I always tell people that that i work with i don't care if you're a 30 handicap or a tour player you know it doesn't take physical ability or physical strength to roll the ball well to become a good putter it just takes time you know i tell my juniors a little story about when you know we were out with lucas at the bears club before honda when he played really well you know we spent three or four hours on the putting green Mm -hmm. The day, but you know, the day before, the Sunday before the tournament, you know, yep. they look at me going, three or four hours, really? Mm-hmm. You mean he puts that long? I'm like, yeah, sometimes even longer. You know, it just it it takes practice. It, it takes, takes practice. T- it takes practice. Takes time. So what I my formula is, I've given the technology. He's got the putter that fits him really well. And now it's just putting in the time and the practice and make sure the alignment's there, and give him a thought. Give him a thought, whether it be speed, whether it be line, whether it be left shoulder, just just one thought for the week. And in this thought for the week is just hit putt solid. Let's keep the left shoulder in greens, new greens to us. So new greens to everybody. So if you roll it great, you're going to make your share. Larry, awesome stuff. Thanks again, one, for all the help you give me and the opportunity to learn with you and from you and excited about the next stretch of golf and the future and and being on the team with you as well. It's going to be fun. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the Dew Sweepers, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are, first and foremost, Buick and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years, and their belief and support of what we do here with the Dew Sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors, Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com or you can always check me out on Instagram at the dewsweeper.